so much for tuning in and welcome everyone. Hope you're well. I'm your host, Ben Lively, and you're listening to Shaken Awake episode number 30. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in wherever you are and whatever you're doing right this very moment. I wanted to take a quick moment to thank some new listeners for tuning into the show last week. Welcome aboard. We're glad to have you. And as always, I promise you another great show. But more than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord. He's always right there beside you. And if you find any value in these episodes, the greatest thank you of all is to pass the word uh, to at least one person you know to help spread the word. And I wanted to give a shout out to our uh, strong Christian men's group on Facebook known as Men Who Follow Christ. They're official sponsors of this show. And if you're a man of God or striving to be one, join us today on the Facebook group, Men Who Follow Christ. And although this is a group for men, we do recognize the need for women to have a place like this. So we support our sister page at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the weeping women of Christ. So without further ado, let's get ready to invite God in with us right here, right now, and allow him to speak to our hearts and and minds. So here goes. Here is today's topic. How your one small Christ-like act can have a worldwide ripple effect. I think it goes without saying that our lives are busy. You know, if you're one of the extremely rare few that have lives that seem dull or boring, then count yourself in the same group as those that are busy beyond belief and who don't have enough hours in their day to get everything accomplished that they won. Both groups are not making enough time for the things that matter most to God. Am I right? So if you're bored and and aren't active, you're not using your gifts or talents to help further God's word, nor plant seeds or harvest. And if you're too busy with things... You're not using your gifts or talents to help further God's word, nor plant seeds or harvest. Hey guys, if if the shoe fits, kick it off. I was one of those groups. In fact, I was in both of those groups for the first 41 years of my life. Both sides of the fence producing no fruit. You know, sometimes it was because I was lazy. Other times I was putting anything and everything above God. While even other times I was subconsciously busy at life in this world, but not busy at doing things for God's kingdom. Can anyone relate here? Before we see how God and his word instructs us how to live, how to produce words from faith or works from faith, and how we're able to be laborers in his harvest, let me break down a concept that is rarely discussed or encouraged. I don't don't hear this in the church. Never had, and perhaps I never will. I hear a lot about missionary work, which is phenomenal. It's needed. It helps in It's God's calling for some, but how do we contribute to a mission that's halfway around the world? You know, where is our works in that? Here's what I don't hear. How one little inconvenient but deliberate act of work through faith can produce a world of change amongst many. You know, this would be the same concept and outcome as as the loaves of, of bread and then the fish feeding the multitude of thousands you know, certainly you have all heard of the ripple effect in some form, shape, or another, correct? So the theory is, is that one action can multiply its effects over time just by that first action that was taken. It's a theory that one small action can produce reactions that extend around the world. You know, think a small pebble tossed in the middle of a giant lake that produces a 360-degree ripple in the water 
that extends to the lane and then produces another ripple that goes back out. You know, that pebble is you, my friends. God is the one ready to propel you. Now, now picture a handful of pebbles being thrown into the middle of the lake. You got many ripples, creating other ripples, creating other ripples, right? Until they're unable to be counted. They're multiplying too quick for the human eye to be able to detect or to perceive. You know, those handful of pebbles are you, my friend. The ripples are a result of your action and the effect of those actions. Make sense? Okay, so let's get some context from the Bible. It helped me uh, convict me. That my life was no longer my own to live for, my glory or my excitement or, you know, my privilege, my happiness, my pleasure, but for God's and God's alone. I was blown away to discover that the world is at enmity with God and God is at enmity with the world. And that you're either of the world or of God, but you cannot be of both. You know, the devil doesn't come as this monster or beast that wrecks havoc on you, although that ultimately is what he's after in, in hopes that you'll end up in hell with him. But he comes as, uh, you know, disguised as an angel of light with everything you ever wanted or hopes of it anyway. You know, the more comfortable he can make you, the less chances you are to cast that pebble or the handful of pebbles into God's pond to create the ripple effects God wants you to have when you become born again and a, and a child of his, a child of God. And if Satan can do that, he succeeded. All too often, the road to hell is paved with the best of intentions. So let's not continue to pave the road to hell. <laughs> let's be those that help bridge, bridge the gap between the lost and the saved, the children of this world and the children of God and those that need to be watered and harvested versus those that are truly lost. You know, what does God say that backs this up? That's what I want to know and I want to share with you all. Never take my word for anything, nor anyone else's, to include those that proclaim their faith and service in the Lord by their fruits you will know. You know, take the word of God as your roadmap, your, your almanac, your instruction manual, your mirror, your guide, and your everything. Anything else is simply man-made. So the following verses are shared with you. So, you know, if it's been a long time or the first time you've read from, uh, you've, you've, you've heard these uh, from the Bible, this is how God views works and how to turn the words into acts of kindness to produce the fruit of the Spirit, to be in obedience to God, to live a life worth living for Jesus and to produce a faith that is not dead, thus creating the ripple effect of love, which covers a multitude of sins, as the Bible so clearly states. So for works, we've got Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, and these will be in the show notes, uh, for by grace that you've been saved through faith. And it's not from your own doing, it's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Let me repeat that. Created in Jesus, Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So these already pre prepared before we were born that we would do good works through Christ. Uh, so let's move on to James 2, 14 to 20. You know, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them these things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Well, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. 
I remember the first time I, I read that, I it just, it floored me. It still does. It's right there. Couldn't have been said any more clearer. Titus 3.14, a letter of people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. So I'm going to get to the point because oftentimes we read these and we think, man, we got so much going on that, you know, where, where can I fit this time in? You know, I'm just a little old me. What am I going to do? Well, we're going to get to that. So James 2, 20 to 24 says, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see, that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see, that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others. That's you and I. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So you're representative of Christ while you're on earth. Some people don't read their Bible. They read you. They read Christians. That's their version of the Bible. What do they see in you? Titus 3.8, the saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. We've got three more verses here. James 1, 22 to 27, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I'm going to read that again because, man, this, this speaks right to me. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and then he goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts... He will be blessed in his doing. So if anything, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Hebrews 10:24, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Finally, James 2, 25 to 26, and in the same way was also not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. And I'm not sure if you all recount that story, but there was a, a prostitute that helped uh, the Israelites uh, spy on uh, the Canaanites, the land that they were, the promised land. And she took them in and uh, hid them and promised to let them out safely. She didn't have to do it, but she did it from her heart, even though the whole town was corrupt and evil. And they promised her if she lived up to her promise, they would spare her and all her family uh, when they came back. If she was faithful and just to live out that good work, and she did. And because of that, she and her whole family was spared. But again, that was by works, 
based on her faith. She knew they were from God and she acted. Okay, so let's talk about act of kindness because oftentimes um, we hear, okay, we don't have the time um, or we don't make the time or both. And, and then it comes down to, okay, well, if I make time, what do I do? Who am I? What kind of difference can I make? You know, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I'm not an evangelist. I'm, ta- I'm scared to talk to people. You know, what can I do that will play a part? I, I, is anything I can do a significant contribution when it comes to acts? So, so acts of kindness, If uh, we'll, we'll bring up a couple verses to show you. Ephesians 4.32, so it asks us to be kind to one another, right? Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Luke 6, 27 to 31, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, don't withhold your tunic either. Give to them everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. So there's the golden rule. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. So just the act of love, just the act of blessing those that uh, uh, curse you, those that um, are not uh, uh, nice toward you, but praying for them back. Um and just taking the road that Jesus took while he was here, that's acts of kindness. Uh, and, and, you know, Acts 20, 35, and all the things I've shown you, that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I know most of us have heard that growing up. It's better to give than receive. And I know when we're little children, that's hard to comprehend. But the older we get uh, and the more we're into God's word, we will uh, understand that a lot more. Um, 1 John three eighteen, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in de- deed or truth. So let me read that again, and then I'm going to explain something that's often misunderstood or just glossed over. 1 John three eighteen, little children, that's us. Let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So you've heard the saying, uh, uh, actions talk louder than words. This is what this is trying to say. And and there's an old saying, I love to use this um, in, in many instances, but it's, it's very um, uh, relevant to this statement. It's not about what you know. It's about what you do with what you know. So again, we can talk and we can produce fancy words, but if we're not providing the deeds in truth, they're no good. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 13, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but not have, have not love, I'm like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. And it does not insist on its own way. It's it's not irritable or resentful. Okay? So I'm going I'm to show you how important acts of kindness are while we're alive on this earth. And this is yet another one that shook me awake to my core every time I read it. Um, 
Now let this sink in because uh, this is a prophetic message. This is a vision. This is what will happen one day. Matthew 25, 34 to 40. Then the king will say, that's Jesus Christ. The king will say to those on his right, come, you are you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For when I was hungry and you gave me food, I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous, that's you and I, will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink. And when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king, Jesus, will answer them, us, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Okay, I'm going to skip the second verse, but those that don't, uh, he says quite the opposite to them. And when they ask the same questions, he gives them the same answers, except what you did to the least of them, you did to me. What you refused to do to the least of them, you refused to do it to me. And they're cast into outer darkness, hell. That's how much kindness to others and love means to our father. John 3, 13, 35, by all this, uh, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Luke 6, 35, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expect, expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be the sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Okay, 1 John 4 to 8, listen to this. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. I'm going to read that again. It comes right from your Bible. 1 John 4, to 8, 4, 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. We love him because he first loved us. Okay? So, so it all comes down to love. And Hebrews 13, 2, I think really spells it out. You know, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. That blew me away. Do you realize that angels walk the earth? There are there are people that you will interact with that may be angels in disguise. I've heard many stories. And it's um, pretty amazing. Uh, angels didn't just appear in Bible times. They're still here, guys. They're still real. And that's not why we do it. But it just goes to show you that Strangers need love just as much as those that we cater to or that we love in our own families. And lastly, Galatians 6 9, let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Let me just read that one more time. Let us not grow weary or bored of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we don't give up. So the way I, I perceive that is do it because we're asked to do it. Do it because we love what God loves and hates what he hates. And do it because it's the right thing to do regardless if it's well-received or we receive any benefit of any kind. Just never give up. Because the only way we will ever reap anything good from doing what we do is if we don't give up. You know, there's a million and millions of ways to provide Christ-like acts. 
It's the ones you don't take advantage of that don't count. There's no Christ-like act that won't cause a ripple effect. It may go unnoticed by you, but not by Christ. You know, God is counting on you and I to be his laborer. For he has said the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. In the same Bible, we find him that say many will try to enter through the narrow gate and that only a few will find it. Well, guys, what honor it is to help someone be one of the few. One kind word can make someone's day. You know, one smile at a store towards someone can change their entire mood. One dollar to a homeless person can provide them a meal and just humanize them for a time. A thank you to someone that's working hard to help you can go a long way. One mention of God to someone can be the first time in their life someone has. One private message online to someone saying, I just wanted to say hi. Even though you don't know me, I want you to know I'm here for you no matter what. That's something I've been personally doing. Just that. You know, one silent uh, prayer of blessing and forgiveness as someone is angering you will help turn the tide. You know, one smile and a wave at a child, it might be the only one they receive that month. You don't know what their home life is like. You know, one hour of your week to go volunteer at a local homeless shelter or a charity can help support hundreds. One $3 Bible. Yeah, they sell them for $3. I just bought a few more on on Amazon. A, a, A couple dollar Bible handed to a homeless person or a beggar can change their eternal destiny. And then they, in turn, can change someone else's destiny. One loving correction to someone in a online chat room can help steer them in the right direction. One online post of encouragement can help someone on the verge of suicide. We've seen that. One deposit of unwanted canned goods at a local pantry can help feed a family and put them back on their feet. You see, God looks at your heart. What does your heart reflect? Do you see yourself in your heart or do you see others in your heart? Who are you pleasing with your time? Is it God, yourself, this world, or others in need? What is your faith producing? Is it works? Or is it nothing? What is your life? A race against time? An investment in yourself? A wasted series of days and weeks? Or one that's filled with good works unto the Lord? It can't be all. One cannot serve two masters. Which master do you serve? The point of today's message and and, an episode is to throw a pebble in your shoe to create an awareness of what we do with the God, uh, with the time God has given us. You know, once once we become his children by being born again. The enemy is working overtime to create a life of creature comforts and, and selfish motives so that you are the one you serve and not God. It's real easy to do. Just just ask me. I never realized that I was my own idol. For the first 41 years of my life, one that would have costed me an eternity in hell had I died before he pulled me out of the fire I was headed towards. You know, it's easier to take God's hand and help those in need to produce the works that back up your faith than it is to produce produce nothing, which shows your faith was, uh, faith was dead to begin with. You know, so my final statement is this, the more rocks you throw in the middle of the lake, 
which represent your works or acts of service and kindness, the more that will produce the number of ripples that only God can count and use to perform his miracles. My final question to you is then this. How many ripples does your faith produce? So before we end today's show, I just wanted to thank you all again for tuning in. And I hope you were touched by God through today's message and scriptures. I'd like to ask you a favor only if you receive any value out of today's show. Would you tell at least one person you know? Call them, text them, email them, talk to them. Just tell them to give the show a listen. You can check out the show at shaken-awake.com. You can email me directly at ben at shaken-awake.com or call or text me directly for any reason. I get them all week long. I love them. I can never get enough of them. Um, At 407-493-3208. Again, it's 407-493-3208. And if you have any ideas for the show or if you have a story of being shaken awake, let me know. I'd love to hear more. Love to discuss those with you. And so next week, Let's tune in next Sunday or whenever you're able as we dive into another important and heavy topic of our day, which is the great deception is upon us, the devil's clever misdirection. Next week's episode is another powerful and do not miss episode. Thank you all for joining. And until next week, take great care of each uh, yourself and each other. And God bless you all. 